What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Creative Assist Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in. This is the podcast where we interview creatives, entrepreneurs, artists, writers, just builders of things. And I aim to give you their insight, knowledge, experience, and stories, and more about the field that they're in. You can find us on Twitter or on Instagram at Creative Assist, and it's at C-R-E-A-T-V-A-S-S-I-S-T, or creativeassist.com, and you can find all those links there. And yeah, guys, today's episode is a little bit of product photography, a little bit of a little bit of creating opportunity for yourself, a lot of positivity, just a lot of good energy coming from this episode. I know you guys are going to gain value from it. It's really good if you guys wanted to get into the field of product photography or just any type of photography in general. And that's the whole idea of this podcast is, you know, when I talk to these creatives and, you know, in their respected lanes, my goal is to help you guys pick that pin up dust that camera off the shelf um or whatever it may need or whatever you may need to start you know building that thing so you can create some money for yourself so you can create some opportunity for yourself so you can get yourself out here and you know be the best that you possibly can be so that is my goal here guys um and yeah i know you guys are going to find plenty of value in this episode so let's just get to it there we go and we're live what's going on jay how are you doing man I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, man, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Um, I'm getting really hungry. It's evening right now. I'm starving, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling a burger. I don't know, man, but <laughs> I'm feeling something right now. Grab a pipe. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Um, I wanted to talk to you for quite some time now. You know, uh, aside from you being an excellent photographer um, and aside from you, you know, doing all the great things that you do, I don't know. I just think that the way your mind works, the energy you bring, the positivity you bring to social media and not only that, but, you know, the way you you handle business and, you know, just other stuff. Um, you know, I think that you were uh, you're very valuable and, uh, you know, I wanted to see what was up with you a little bit further. So welcome. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me on your podcast absolutely man absolutely um so normally what i used to do is um i used to introduce the guests but um i wasn't too good at that i would slip up on their names and i would like kind of forget what the hell was going on so um you mind if you introduce okay. yourself and uh you know just kind of give a short bio who you are like what you do um and then we can get going sure um my name's jay i am a product photographer but um I'm also, I'm also a research assistant. Um, after graduating high school, I joined the military, served as military police. After getting out, I went to college and got a bachelor's degree in psychology. After that, I started, you know, working as a research assistant, and then I picked up, you know, product photography along the way, and that's where I'm at right now for the most part. Is there anything you've learned from being, like, you know, understanding psychology and stuff like that? Is there anything you learned that you picked up that you apply to other stuff as well? In general, yes, I've learned a lot of things that, I mean, just in life that I can bring from what I've learned in psychology. And uh, and also, I'd say with, you know, photography as well, whether it be dealing with, you know, clients or just trying to help them see the vision they're trying to create with their photos. I definitely think it has, you know, some type of carryover. Right. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, especially like when you start to like, um, you know, because like I, I guess in the journey uh, of 
of you know creating art and also you know just trying to build something for yourself you know there's a bunch of ups and downs of course and um i think mm-hmm. just kind of understanding how the mind works and stuff like that understanding how you operate um self-awareness um is is a huge thing and um you know Definitely. oftentimes i'll see that uh, there's a lack of it and you can kind of tell when somebody isn't really fully aware of their situation, uh, you know, they give up or, you know, they just make, um, you know, premature mistakes. Um, is that, is that anything that you have to deal with? I know I've had to go through that plenty of times. Um, I would say that I've grown since, you know, realizing that I was doing those types of things. I still may slip up every now and then, but I definitely pay more attention to myself and catch myself when I'm, starting to, you know, negatively talk to myself in my head and try to set myself down or whatnot. And I have to, you know, pick myself up and say, you know, give myself a little pep talks and whatnot to, you know, put me back on the path. Right. Yeah, definitely. I th- it's crazy because positivity, um, having that type of mindset is really like the, it's really the the key. It's like, it's the, it's a cheat code. It's, it's really a cheat code. Definitely. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I do want to talk about though. Um, you said you're a product photographer, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, even meeting you. Honestly, I don't really see too many product photographers. You're probably one of the few that I ran into, um, and it was just interesting because you know, in a world full of portraits and studio work, and you know, all these things, why did you decide like product? What what about it uh, drew your attention? Well, from studying in psychology, you know, I really kind of started to get into sales or copywriting and anything and dealing with marketing. And that's one thing that led to product photography. But, but I'd say the main reason was when I started doing photography, I wanted to do portrait photography, but it was so hard to get, you know, models to either shoot with or find someone that even let, that you can even pay to um, do it, at least in the area I was at. So I was like, man, I had to start with something. So I just started shooting photos of objects. And then I started working into like products and then it just turned into product photography. Mm, okay, I see. That's pretty interesting. So you just like all of a sudden just started shooting products around your house and next thing you know you like it. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Definitely. <laughs> Took a few things outside and went from there. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um do you think there's any like benefit aside from, you know, like hmm, what am I trying to say? You think there's more benefit to working with products compared to working with like uh people? I'd say yes. Um for starters. Uh, you don't have to wait on the project, the pr- products to show up on time. That'd be the main one, I'd say, because they're already there. You just take the photo whenever. You're not, you know, scheduling is easier. Um, posing is easier. You don't have to worry about, you know, things going right around the temperatures and whatnot. And it's just, you know, you're just working with one thing and that's it. And it stays where it's at, doesn't move, and just get the, you know, easier to get the job done. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. And I'm a, you know, I, I shoot a little bit of product as well. And I can say that, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. You don't have to coordinate with anybody. You can honestly turn around stuff pretty quickly in like one to two days and have stuff done. Um, so that I think that's also a huge benefit is just being able to work, you know, whenever you want, wake up, you know, wake up and get right to it without having to, you know, worry about this and that. And you don't have to pay anybody, which is always good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, there's definitely some perks to it. And then I feel like another thing is, you know, the product, you don't have to worry about, you know, makeup or edit, like touch up, really touching things up because the product is what the product is. So, you know, you just, you just shoot it as is and then you just try to present it in its best way, but there's not much more you need to do to it other than that. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got to worry about all that. Besides like, I guess dust yeah. removal and stuff, maybe. But, 
Um, oh yeah, definitely dust removal and whatnot. But in terms of like, you know, you're not worrying about, you know, makeup or if, you know, this is something that I don't know if you've dealt with before, but sometimes you have a model that, you know, they may be having, you know, they may be having a breakout and they're feeling, you know, the self-esteem may be a little low at the time and you don't have to worry about things like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have, I've had to deal with that. Um, and you know, it happens, but yeah, it definitely does uh, save some time and you know, spending all, all that time touching up and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why, but when you were telling me that story, I kind of thought of something random when I was first, when I was first getting into photography, um, one of the few paid gigs I did have, I went out to like Hollywood around like the Hollywood area over here in California. And, um, I was supposed to be shooting like this, um, this store, like it was like a, it was like a, like a little fashion store. And at the time I was into shooting lookbooks and just shooting clothing and all that. And like, when I got there, um, there was zero, like they sent me to an empty field and that kind of shook me. Cause I don't know if they was trying to set me up. <laughs> I don't know what was going on, <laughs> but I showed up to empty like field and I, and I tried to call them and everything. And I traced the call back to New York and everything was fake. Um, and yeah, the, oh, the whole entire event didn't really exist. Um, yeah, they really pulled one over on me there. I wasted a lot of my time and money to get down there. With all that being said, have you experienced anything similar? Like, you know, maybe, you know, you got played, you know, someone didn't pay you or anything crazy like that? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man, that chuckle, though. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at your situation, unfortunately. That's, oh, that's that's, that really sucks, it hasn't happened to me. Uh, I try to set things up in a way to where, at the very least, you know, I have some precautions. So, you know, whether it be a contract or whether it be, you know, I try not to, you know, if I, if I do take the time to take the photos of an item, I don't. I try to, you know, set it up in a way that they don't get their items, they don't get their photos until I get paid. Mm. So I may send, you know, edit like proof edits and stuff with, you know, logos all on the item. So there's nothing much they can really do with it. Right, right. But I say fortunately, I haven't been played, or I haven't been played yet. So not going to work for that one. <laughs> yet. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, you know. smart. Smart. No, no. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, you know, it's it's inevitable. It happens, but you, yeah, like you were gonna say, I think you're gonna say it, it, you get a little smarter. Yeah, you do. You get more self aware and you get a little bit smarter about your situation. And you know, I just mm-hmm. think uh, it's a huge thing in freelancing and in business in general. Um, just to be like, uh, what I'm noticing is all about trust. Like working with people, like building your things. It's all about trust. You know, um, definitely. And yeah, you kind of learn how to watch your back and stuff like that. Um, you know, you learn like what not to do. So it does take a little bit of time. And but uh, yeah, some crazy stuff can happen out here. The stuff that that happened to you, but I'll take that as a lesson to, you know, to pay more attention in the future. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That was a long time ago. That was like I think I was like seventeen, eighteen, maybe something like that. But yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, Speaking of, um, you know, all these like ups and downs, what are some of the successes you found, um, you know, being a product photographer and stuff like that? Well, so I, in terms of successes, I'd say I haven't really started taking photography serious until maybe I say six months ago. And then from, I've had a camera for over a year, but I didn't start taking it serious until maybe six months ago. And from six months to now, I say that the progression that I've made has been tremendous compared to what I was trying to do with portrait photography. 
And I felt that it was easier for me to learn how to improve my skills with product photography, which led to me getting more, you know, gigs, more contracts done because, you know, I have good skills or at least they're better than before skills. So I felt like just being able to, you know, practice and excel in the, in the rate that I've done has really helped out. And I think that was a major success. No, but yeah, I, I do understand that. Um, and of course, it took a lot of time, you know, to like build up those type of successes, right? Um, yeah. What, what, what has that process looked like for you? Like, um, what are some of the things you had to sacrifice? I'd say, the, I'd say the biggest thing I sacrificed was time, you know, time trying to learn new things and time to, you know, develop a certain skill or whatever it may be. That's the, I feel like that's the biggest thing I put into it because I wasn't putting much money into it at the beginning. So now it's just really time at, at the start. Whereas I was, you know, I get off work and I, you know, drive an hour out somewhere to take photos and come back, and, you know, repetitively do that on the weekends. I'm, you know, watching videos, taking more photos, you know, just going to YouTube university and just trying to, you know, get my degree. <laughs> yeah. YouTube university. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I've graduated, <laughs> I've graduated from that place so many times, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Honestly, it's it's honestly like I, I feel like if you're in the learning phase of anything, you should be there every single day learning stuff because it's free, you know. Why not? But um, definitely. But yeah, it does. It, I I think definitely for me too. I've I've sacrificed myself in a lot, and um, as far as like learning and like spending my time just researching, spending my time practicing, um, to finally, you know, for a while I didn't really see too much successes, and then you know all it took was one piece of content. Um, it was some speakers uh, I took a picture of from Sound Pro, I think was the brand, but yeah, it was the brand. Um, and yeah, that, that changed everything. As you know, like the emails and, and DMs are, are going insane and <laughs> I have work I have work almost every single day. But also I transferred that type of energy into you know, portrait work too. Like all of this has helped me. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have been able to see that without like putting in the time, you know, so. Definitely. Definitely, man. And I feel like even when you're talking about, you know, putting in the time for the portrait photography, what I've noticed, even in my short time doing this, is that although I haven't been taking as many portrait um, photos, um, I've learned a lot on the business side of just, you know, of the photography industry and whatnot. So I feel like if I were to start back doing portrait photography, I would have a better sense of what to do in terms of contracts and scheduling and whatnot compared to if I was just started out doing portrait photography. Mm, yeah yeah same here honestly yeah same here i've I've transferred that yeah it, it's, it's definitely something true because um working with products working with brand and businesses and stuff like you you i feel like i've learned a lot more about the business of things period so i've definitely been able to transfer it back into other other avenues as well right right yeah uh, would you say like that's one of the benefits of actually like shooting products is like being able to work with businesses and make more make more money and stuff like that yes i say that and then like you know as we we're just talking about learning the business you're learning also about like you know the marketing and whatnot marketing yourself as you know a product photographer i feel like you know some of the things that i've done to market myself are a lot different than what other people are doing as portrait photographers to market themselves for example um i look at all types of routes of like ways that i can take photos like for example one time i went to a bunch of different businesses and, you know, either messaging them or in person trying to, you know, see if they needed photos of either the business itself or them doing the service or any products in there. And I got turned down a lot, but uh, the few that, you know, said yes, 
it ended up working out where I felt like if I was doing portrait photography, the only way I would have ended up getting the model is if I would have, you know, collaborated through a social media platform. Whereas now with product photography or doing any other type of photography with right at a business, you can just go straight up to the person and try to set something up. Yeah, that's true too. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier just to kind of like talk straight to the, to the owner of things or the operator of things that does make it a lot. Easier. Yeah. Now, do you, I feel like product photography is probably one of the most paid, I guess, aside from wedding. I, I, I don't know, because really, I see sometimes um, people even sell their landscape prints for a lot. But I think even somebody as a beginner can earn a lot more doing this type of work than doing like a like graduate shoots or something like that. So I don't know. In my opinion, I think I, I think product photography can make you pretty rich. <laughs> Honestly, I think so. I I would agree, especially for, let's say, the level that I'm at now. I feel like I'm making way more money than I would in any other field at this level I'm at. Now, if I was, let's say, at the top tier level, then that may, that may be different. Because, you know, if I was a top tier wedding photographer, then, you know, I'd be definitely getting paid. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I feel like, especially at the level I'm at, it's definitely one of the higher paying ones. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And I'm not going to let you just stunt like that. I'm not going to let you be like, oh, I'm just the highest. I'm, the, I'm right now the highest pay. I'm the most ever I got paid. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to let you just get away with that, man. Go ahead. Talk your shit, man. Talk it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I'm, I'm currently leveling up. I'm currently leveling up, so the price will go up as well. Let's put it like that. Hey, it's got to. It's got to at some point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was, was that one quote you told me? Like, I'm, I'm either like, it's either it's either free or it's full, and there's no discount. Real <laughs> full price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true no though. Discounts. Yeah, no discounts. No, no discounts. And and to add on that, you know, I, I know we talked a little bit about this before. Is that like, you know, when you discount, I don't know, discounted clients always have the they try to always have the most to say, or they always, um, you know, try yeah. and like nitpick, um. I don't know why that is, but it's very, it's a very interesting observation. Um, and yeah, you don't want to cheat stuff like that. I feel like when the person gets a discount, they're already feeling like they're already getting the win because they're getting it for a lower price than normal. So now they're trying to, you know, not only get it for a cheaper price, they're also trying to get a higher quality than the full price at some time. So they want to send it back for multiple revisions and whatnot that a person paying full price will never even have thought of. Right. So I feel like there may be something but like they already like, well, I already got the win on the price. So I might as well try to go on up on the quality as well since the price is set. That's true. I didn't think of it like that. I can, I can see people doing something like that. That's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Also, while we're on this topic, I, I, I definitely do think that um, product photography um, is really cool because you don't have to be an influencer. Like you don't have to have like some type of, you know, crazy like authority or like a huge following to ever make some money. In my opinion though, you don't really need a large following, but I think that uh, portrait photography kind of favors it. Um, if, especially if you're going after like magazine type work or editorial type work, I, I do think that you, you're more favored the more kind of like an influence you have. But um, in terms of product, a strong, I think a strong portfolio can get you a lot of places. Definitely. I mean, when I first, when I first started out, I think I had, I was using Twitter primarily and I think I had maybe 200 followers and I was still getting work. So, I mean, at least from my experience, I feel like with the product photography, if you have good work done, that's really all you need to speak for yourself. Whereas I think, you know, even when I was doing portraits, the little bit I did, it was like, nobody's going to see them unless I have a couple thousand followers and people say, Oh wow, I want my photos like that. Right. 
Yeah, same thing with me here too. I uh, I had like I started at three hundred or something like that, and it, it hasn't it hasn't mattered. Like it just as long as I had strong work and as long as I was able to communicate, I had a, a Venmo account or a Cash App or whatever, I was able to work. <laughs> so right, none of that. Yeah, yeah, none of that funny stuff mattered. Um, but you know, it's okay. I mean, I get it. I'm not. You know, it it happens. Um. It just it just couldn't be me. I'm more on the introverted side anyway. So for me to be like a like a true like influence type person, I would have to kind of change up the way I do things completely. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And also, and also, not to take away from you know portrait photography. That's a lot of work. Just getting you know being an influencer itself, just trying to get all you know your following up and all. That's a job in itself. I feel like, but that's yeah. something that I'm just not trying to do. Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not taking anything away from them because you know it is a talent. Like they're talented people, and that is that does take a, a strategy. That does take a marketing plan. That that you know, there's you have to have some wits behind you to pull to pull that Definitely. off. But yeah, for me, it is it just doesn't sit right with my personality. It did. I don't know. But um, you know, that's not saying that I can't. I can't. I can't uh, dabble into that and succeed as well. But you know, right now I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at. <laughs> Understandable. Same here. Yeah, man. Um, would you say there are, is there any um, downsides of this industry for you, or has there any been any yet, at least? I would say not yet. Um, nothing major, at least. Like we already talked about, you know, the discount thing, and some people are wanting discounts. But I think most of that is coming from them not understanding what product photography can do for them, so they're not valuing it as much as they should. Hmm. So, for example, um, you know, let's say you do portrait photography. I can take, ooh, it depends on what the location or whatnot, but let's say the area I'm at right now, I can do a photo shoot and do, let's say, 20 photos and charge 100 bucks, and that's just normal. But for me to do less photos and charge more, then people start, you know, like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And they don't understand that, you know, these photos are what's helping sell your product. Right. So, I mean, I feel that, you know, that could be just what the issue is. And they and they see these photos that everybody else has and they think, I'm assuming they're thinking that this is the same as, you know, going and get, you know, some portrait shots done. But there's a lot of thought and a lot of extra work that has to go into it that doesn't really happen in portrait photography. And like you said, they don't see that they can get a large return on this type of work. And it's not just a click yeah. of a button, right? Like people just think if it's a it's a click of the button and you're you're done, you're good to go. But yeah, there's a lot of time and effort um, put into it, um, you know. And you know, being able to you know, strong photography and at least in e-commerce is like one of the top three things you can spend your money on. So uh, yeah, people really undervalue it, and uh, you know, I, I I think that they should you know turn to at least understanding the market and the way things operate in photography. So that way everybody can like be happy and we can come to agreements more smoothly. <laughs> right. Definitely. And even with, I mean, and even with portrait photography, that takes time as well. But I feel that with product photography, there's a lot of upfront costs of time. For example, like cleaning up the product, um, trying to, you know, make sure you get all the, the settings and all the directions you want your shots to look like, and then trying to, you know, collaborate with the client and make sure that they have the right message they're trying to send with the photos as well. And it's, it's really a lot more work than they think it is. Hopefully, you know, in time, you know, a lot of people can learn a little bit more and see, you know, the work that goes behind the scenes. Yeah, hopefully so, right? Hopefully so. Um, that kind of, I randomly thought about this, but um, 
uh, yeah, like I was, I was looking into like light boxes. I'm pretty sure you heard of those, but um, right. You know, I I think that if for, for people to at least understand a little bit of it, they should invest in like you know at least like a cool little light box they can get started with, and uh, test out some shots and see how you know what it really takes to create a good image, and you know it not being something that looks just like on Amazon or you know, but to really make a, a good you know like a scroll stopping kind of image. You know, it, it takes a lot of work and. I would also say if you're going to get into, you know, kind of like product, shooting product, th- that might be a good way to start as well. So, um, you know, looking up, looking up, you know, like going to YouTube University and checking out uh, what kind of classes they have on, you know, backdrops and all that type of stuff, uh, you know, and, and using natural light, uh, using continuous light, all good things to get started, but at least have a, you know, a, a, a starting point somewhere so you can understand what's going on. Right, right. I definitely agree with you on that. Now, speaking of that, what's what, what, like what's some of the advice you would give somebody as a beginner? Like they say, "Hey, Jay, you know, I, I love your I love your photos. You're one hell of a guy. <laughs> how how can I take stuff like you?" Um. Well, the first thing I tell them is not try to take it like me. Just take it in a way that they feel like you know best represents you know their thought about the photo or their thought about the product. But then, even if there's past that, they're trying to get into photography. I'll tell them, you know, just start with their phone because their phone already has a pretty decent camera on it. I mean, it, it can't do a lot of things that, you know, DSLRs can, but at the same time, it can take some pretty decent photos. And I tell them to start with their phone, you know, get some shots in there, actually learn about how, you know, how to frame photos and whatnot, what kind of lighting and whatnot. So they have, you know, a base idea of how to take photos. And then once they do that, you know, if they want to progress to a camera, then that would be the next move. The next step after that is you don't want to, if you want to, you know, do photography for real and make money off of it, it doesn't stop there. Your next step is to get your first client. And that may be the hardest step for some people because a lot of people either doubt themselves or they're just not, they're just afraid of that, that conflict of somebody telling them no. That's and true. So like that's probably the next roadblock for them. Very true. Very I've true. Dealt with that myself. Yeah, I've dealt with that myself, being afraid of people telling me no. And, you know, but I eventually had to say, you know, if they say no, that just means it's on to the next person. It just wasn't a fit until, you know, it doesn't say anything bad about me. It just says that it's just not going to work with us. Right. I think that's some of the confusion that comes into as beginners. Even honestly, me sometimes, like you get, it's not really, I guess it's sometimes it could be intimidation. You know, you run into a situation where you're not too sure if the person is going to pay you or, you know, you try to maybe like set your prices a little bit lower just to kind of satisfy. And that happens, you know, sometimes, you know, by nature. Yeah, I think that that's very intimidating when, you know, like you're just trying to figure out your value. Um, You know, you're trying to like get your first client and everything is so intimidating. Um, I think for me, myself, uh, what I had to do was um, I, I started off free. So I built a portfolio of things around my house um, and then kind of like moved right. on doing a little bit of free work. That's where I ran into the speaker situation. Um, and then from there, like people were almost telling me my value. Like I, I, that's probably like one of the more lucky situations I've had. But people were actually telling me like, hey, I'll shoot you 300, yep. I'll shoot you 400, I'll do this and I'll do that for you. Um, so I guess I got kind of lucky on that end, but yeah, I, I could imagine um, being in, in the, a situation where I didn't have that. Right, definitely. Um, and I, I feel like I had probably a faster route than you did, but then again, I just, you know, I told myself one day I'm going to do it and I didn't stop. But 
like did the same thing as you, you know, just taking photos of things in the house. And then I only did one free client and that was it. And after that, I went straight to getting paid. But I, after that one client, so many people told me that I was good. I felt like I didn't need to doubt myself anymore. Or mm-hmm. I felt like, well, if all of these people like me, that means that there's more people with money who's willing to pay that like me as well. And then I just kept going that route. And that's honestly a great like mindset switch for you to say that. Like, uh, I know that there's uh, there's one person now here that's saying that I'm great, or there's a couple people, and then now I know that there's many others. That's honestly a really good mindset to have. Like, people don't go into it like that. They say, "Oh, like, oh, well, only these couple people do," and I don't know if I'm gonna get anybody else. But you say, "No, like these couple people do," so I know that there's other people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's interesting to me. And, and another way you can think of that is, you know, you go to a store you see an item on sale or you see an item, you're like, who, and you ask yourself, who would buy this? Like this is either, you feel like it's either a bad item or a low quality item. But you know, at the same time, the person who created that, somebody had to have validated that product for them to push it into the store. So whether right. just because you don't, just because you don't value, it doesn't mean somebody else does. Just because you don't, doesn't mean that someone else doesn't. It just that's means true. it's not for your taste. And that's how you have to think about yourself. Just because one person doesn't value you or value your work. That doesn't mean that there aren't a bunch of other people who do. That's very true. That's very true. And uh, speaking of that too, I think about this often in, in my head with selling courses and, and this and that info products. And sometimes uh-huh. it's hard to tell. Um, it's hard to tell when, okay, these aren't the right people and I'm just, this isn't the right product. You know, that's where, that's where it gets kind of confusing to me is if, is when it, it, I hit that road, like, okay, uh, maybe I know that there's maybe people out here or maybe actually my product or whatever just isn't as good. Um, what's your opinion on that? I feel that that is kind of the same thing as the product situation. For example, let's take Walmart, for example, you have your course, let's say you sell your course on Walmart as a physical product. Well, let's say all the Walmart stores in Nevada, they don't want to buy it. So it goes on sale and, you know, eventually it either gets sold to another Walmart or whatnot, but all the Walmarts in, you know, New York or something, they're buying it up full price. And I feel like what it comes down to is you probably haven't reached the right market that wants what you're selling, or it could be a cause of you're not presenting in the way that people want to see it. Mm, okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That's a good way and to look at it. Go along with photography as well, you know, if you, or any type of photography, let's say you're doing uh, black and white photography. And that's what you specialize in. Everything you do is black and white, whether it be landscape, people, food, doesn't matter. You're probably not going to get as many, you know, as many jobs working in a college town or any area that's like really creative. You may, but the chances are they're, they're going to want things that are really colorful. Whereas you go somewhere else, it may be a place, you know, like a museum or something, they're wanting photos of a certain thing and they want you to bring them that emotion in with the black and white. You're going to be the go-to person. So yeah. what you need to do is find the areas that want what you need. I mean, that find the areas that want what you have to offer and target them instead of trying to target the mass audience. By doing something like that, your conversion rate or the people you, you know, talk to versus the people who buy will be a lot higher. Very true. Very true. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it too. Yeah, and you, yeah, l- l- like you said, black, especially black and white, like something like a black and white photography. It's like so. There's a certain there's a certain group of people who really love that style. And like, let's say mm-hmm. for instance, like you have like a black and white print, a fine art black and white print. 
um, you know, somebody like me might not be interested whether like if you dig through and find your market, somebody might be willing to pay like upwards towards $5,000 for that. And I've seen that. So yeah, I, I really do think that's where research comes into play. You know, uh, doing a lot of studying, doing your homework and seeing like, you know, where exactly, uh, you know, is your audience. Um, I always hear a good quote and I, I don't know, I might butcher it a little bit, but a friend of mine always tells me it's better to, damn, I'm going to butcher this. I know I am, but it's better to have a product and, you know, have a, damn, yeah, nah, I can't. It's it's a good one. It's a good, if I come up, if I, if it comes to my head, put I'll it in the show notes. yeah, I'll put it in the show notes, damn it. <laughs> but, um. Okay. Yeah, very true stuff. Now, with all that being said, I, I do want to switch gears a little bit here because you have a, speaking of info products, you actually do have one yourself. Um, it's very yeah. useful. I do have it myself. It's called uh, Hustle Affirmations. And first of all, I like to say I really do enjoy it. It's really good, really useful. It keeps me sharp, keeps me um, positive, a good way to start, you know, my days when I'm feeling a little bit, you know, kind of like, you know, out of it or whatever it might be. Um, good thing to refer to. What was your thought process building that, um, you know, product? I had the thought process behind that started, I'd say, ooh, when I first, you know, started taking photography a little bit serious. And then I was doing some other things on the side that I'll probably share for, you know, another time. But they were to generate money. I mean, at the same time, I was, you know, not doubting myself or I was feeling that, you know, I wasn't ready. My confidence wasn't there. Let's put it like that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know, the same voices in my head telling me that I weren't, that I wasn't ready could be voices telling me that I am ready or at the very least telling me that there's a way to get prepared, you know? So, you know, as time went by, I just kept, you know, talking to myself in my head, you know, positively instead of negatively. And, you know, whether or not I had bad thoughts or whatnot, I try to find a way to put a positive spin to it. And I feel that it really helped me, you know, propel or, you know, excel the way I did. And it's still working now for me to continue to grow, but it's just one of the, like min, one of the many tools that I try to use to better myself every day. I was going to say, you know, and this isn't like some magic formula thing that I've created or, you know, some snake oil. I mean, it's one of those things that if you use it, it works. And if you don't, it won't work. It's as simple as that. But at the same time, you have to use it. And what's in the product, uh, it starts off, uh, I created a list of, you know, affirmations that you can say yourself every day that are based off, you know, hustling or having a side hustle. For me, it was product photography. And then I had some other things going on, but I, I, I you know, created some affirmations based off that, that I could say in the morning, in the evening, whenever time I needed to. But I just look in the mirror and I say them to myself to keep me focused, keep my mind set on what it needs to be, you know, set on. And then I also have another portion, which is based on positive reframing, which for the most part is taking a situation you're in and trying to reframe it or repicture that situation in either positive light or in a way for it to be an opportunity. So for example, let's say you're driving to work and you know, your tires go bad or something. And now you're on the side of the road fixing a tire and you're going to be late to work. And you know, your boss is probably going to be mad or whatever situation it is. Instead of looking at this all negative as like, I'm late, my boss is mad, whatever, you know, take a moment and, you know, be grateful for one. And then also think of the opportunities that this has for you. You know, maybe this is a chance for you to work on your um, confront your confrontational skills with your boss, because if you know, depending on what type of boss he is, you're going to have to be confronted by him. Or maybe this is an opportunity for you to, you know, I don't know, take a little bit more time to get ready for work or all types of other things that happen. And then that product, you know, I created situations for people that are based off, you know, hustling, side hustling 
or any type of money generating thing you're doing. And I created these situations for people. And I also offered solutions and ways for you to rethink the situation. Right. Really smart. Really smart move. Um, positive reframing is just so it's so important man it's helped me get through so much even in my darkest of times um positive reframing is is it's of course it's not like this this magical thing like you said but it really does help you realign your perspective you know like um it 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 creates like a like a safety net for your mind so you're not always falling back into the the negative spaces that you know it so likes to fall into so um yeah right it's definitely a huge, a huge thing in, in any part of life, um, because you know it's just so easy for us to dwell on it, you know. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said earlier, the positives, looking at those, really do make a huge difference in your life. Because I feel like you know, and people they have their feelings about this or whatever, but you you attract like what you are, what you think. So yeah, like adding those positive, you know, like things kind of in your mind kind of add to that as well. Right, of course. And if another way to think of it, you know, when you have these, you know, these moments in life where, you know, it just feels like bad thing after bad thing is happening, you know, I try to, you know, the way I thought of it is like, you're like, you're tunnel vision on negativity. So that means all you're going to see is just negative things. Let's say it starts off being, you know, you wake up that morning late and now you're rushing to work. So now, you know, you're already in negative mindset, like, oh, I'm late. My boss is going to be mad. And then something happens and your tire pops. And now you're fixing your tire. Now you're thinking, oh, man, I'm late. My tire's bad. Then you get to work and you're in a negative mood. So when your boss tries to talk to you, you may say something negative to him, which just keeps spiraling and spiraling. And all you're seeing is negativity, where if you just, you know, try to just open your eyes and see the whole picture for what it really was, you know, you realize this is just one 10-minute, you know, portion of your day that went bad. When you have, you know, 23 hours and 50 minutes left, that could be good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all about how you approach it. Um, I agree with that. You know, you know what else too, though, that kind of plays a huge part into, you know, your mind, your mindset and all that type of stuff. A little bit of what you like read, like what you consume, like if you're on Twitter, or Instagram, yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, what's your opinion on that? I agree. I feel like it's, I wouldn't say it's in the same type of tunnel vision, but if you, if you feed your mind that every day and that's what you're going to be expecting to happen or expecting to see or want to see. For example, if, uh, let's say for example, you see, you watch a lot of TV that's dealing with violence, whether it be, you know, police violence, street violence, uh, violence in the home, whatever it may be, that's going to be, that's going to affect the way you see things. So for example, you see all this violence now when you go into a situation you just assume that violence is going to happen or you think that violence is the only the only way to solve the problem when in most cases it's not oh yeah whereas if you have more of a positive a positive view or you know you watch more positive things then you will look for positive ways to solve problems or positive ways to interact with people instead of you know having something to say to someone every time something negative happens right Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. I like the fact you brought up violence too, because uh, this might be a controversial point, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, black people consume a lot of violent shit. <laughs> like, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, um, we, we really do, and even on the timeline, man. Like, I'll be scrolling through, and I'm just tired of seeing black death. I, I block everybody that introduces it to my headspace, and it's made a huge difference. But I didn't know the effect it was taking on me. <laughs> until I would get in certain situations or see certain things and I would all of a sudden have underlying anxiety, you know, like 
it's like a trauma or I would picture it in my head. Like I don't, I don't deserve to see someone like die in front of me, like, you know, rest in peace, but come on, like I I need, I need a break. So after I got rid of all that and it it took a little while to, you know, reprogram my mind and everything, but I I felt way better since then. Oh, definitely. And I'll keep on topic, but I'll just say I agree. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't want to. We want to go too crazy on that topic, right? Um, we want people throwing throwing t- tomatoes and being our mentions with pitchforks. But uh, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll 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 talk about it a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> it was a little bit off that, but it was more or less dealing with you know since I was in the military. I mean, people get really desensitized to seeing violence and bloodshed and whatnot, so they feel like that's just a normal thing to happen. So, and I feel like, you know, if, you know, maybe there's a little bit more positivity in that as well, that maybe it'd be easier for people to reintegrate, you know, back into society, which is a whole nother issue itself. You can probably take that out of the, you know, the, uh, the podcast, but yeah, I just feel like that's a whole nother issue itself. Yeah, man, definitely. It's important. It needs to be talked about. Um, but really quickly, I want to bring it back to, because uh, I feel like we had a little bit, we can have a little bit more to say about, um, you know, beginner studying photography and whatnot. Yep. But do you have anything more to say about like, you know, people who want to get in, in, in the industry period, whether it's product, portrait, whatever it may be? Sure. Um, the main thing I would say I would add, minus the, you know, practicing and getting your skills together is to get comfortable with being told no. And um, that's the problem I had. But I did uh, a few things to kind of, you know, help increase my comfortability in that situation. And the main thing I did was I just went to everybody that I could possibly think of and asked that I take their photo. You know, it started out with friends and family, and most of them, you know, they're going to say yes, but you have a few that say no, that don't want their photo taken, and that's your practice getting told no. And you just keep building from, you know, people you're really comfortable with to people you are not comfortable with at all until you eventually working your way up to walking up to people, you know, whether it be a business or whatnot, and trying to, you know, get a contract done or try to get, a, you know, a job set up to where you're taking photos with them because you're going to hear no so many times you're going to get desensitized to the feeling of rejection that most people normally feel when they get told no. And then, you know, it just helps you understand that it's just not the right fit. And you move on to the next person. Don't even spend too much mental space thinking about, Oh, why did they tell me? No, you know, maybe I should have, you know, added more to my portfolio. Nope. It just wasn't meant to be. Let's move on to the next person. Somebody's going to say yes. It may take a hundred people. It may take 10, but somebody's going to say yes. And that's all you got to do. Just keep pushing to the next person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that'll help you wipe out a lot of the intimidation you may feel when it comes to approaching people and stuff like that. Because, um, yeah, you're going to be after your first no, though. It's like, OK, whatever. But that first no, trying to take it. Yeah, it can get a little bit tough. Speaking of personal, before I started this exercise, I had a situation where I went into this one place of business and I asked to speak to the manager and I thought I was speaking to the manager because the person said they were the manager. And I worked something up and I said, hey, you know, I like, you know, they had, you know, a bunch of different items in there. And I asked, you know, you mind if I take some photos of your store? And I was, you know, I was taking them for free for them. And I was like, I'll email them to you when I'm done. And and that was going to be a done deal. The lady agreed. And I started taking photos. Maybe 15 minutes in, I get a, you know, the lady comes up to me and says, you know, the owner wants to talk. No, yeah, the owner wants to talk to me. And the owner was not having it at all. I don't know who she thought I was. I don't know if she thought I was coming in there to do like an inspection or something, but <laughs> she did not want me there at all. And if she was asking so many questions about, oh, who are you? Who sent you here? Who you work for? 
And it was just, it was, it was a lot. And then even after I explained who I was and told her, you know, if she doesn't want the photos taken, I'll leave. She just kept trying to push to see who I was. So I don't know <laughs> if that was something that she had going on where, you know, she thought that I was somebody investigating them or not, but I just, I was trying to say, hey, you know, if you don't want the photos taken, I'll leave now. I'm, I didn't mean, I thought that I was talking to the person in charge, but apparently I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that was a really bad note, and it it hurt. It, it, it didn't hurt the fact that they said no. It was the fact that, I don't know, it's like they definitely didn't want me there. And I, I, I did for a little bit feel like, oh, well, it must have been something I did. But after a while, I just realized it just wasn't the right fit. Whatever they had, whatever the owner had going on, what she felt that I was a threat to her, that was her problem for that day, and that wasn't mine. And I just, you know, chalked it up and went to the next. Yeah, man, that's all you can do. And yeah, it sounds like honestly, probably just like a, a problem on on their end or on her end. And uh, yeah, it's really important to not really like take those things personal, right? Um, I've had a, yeah. uh, I've had I've had plenty of no's myself, and you know, it's hard not to take things personal. Like you go home, like damn shit, well, you know, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? Was my approach wrong? And you get a little bit like hesitant to approach another person, but. You shake it off and you get back out there. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of business, right? Just taking, taking your, like your fit, your failures, you know, and just kind of reevaluating and going back out there. So yeah, it's all definitely. And I agree even with the business part where, you know, you're out there, um, sending either be like cold messages or just trying to put yourself out there to them. You know, it's like sometimes you're not even going to get a response. So I feel like sometimes that might be even worse than a no because it's like you're being ignored. Or they're not even like, you know, acknowledging you as a person. But, you know, it's just part of it too. It just wasn't a fit. Yeah. And you can't let those moments where people either they may curse you out or, you know, say no or report you or whatever situation it may be, you know, don't let that that small five to ten minute moment, you know, of your day disrupt you during your grind you know, your grind time. Yeah, no doubt. Because it happens, but you can't let it, you know, you can't let it disrupt you. No, you can't. You can't. That that, that that's something I'm I'm working on getting better myself. Um, I do have those times where damn, like something, not something small, but something will disrupt me for a little bit, and I feel like damn, like my efforts are going to waste or something like that. But you know, you you quickly get back into the mode of you know, well, I got to keep working because you know, when when you keep working, right. you eventually will see the you know the fruits of your labor. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. Also, uh, I guess one other thing. If you do start feeling that way, like, you know, you're feeling bad or whatever the situation is and it just really just stops you for the day, take a few extra minutes and ask yourself, you know, why did this make me feel this way? You know, why am I feeling like, am I, am I mad at the person that told me no? Or am I really mad that I didn't get told yes? You know, and really, you know, take a few moments and ask yourself some questions like, you know, how does this really make me feel? How does this have an impact on my entire life or how does this have an impact on my, on my business strategy? Like, was this person, like, really important or why am I feeling this way? And once you get the answers to that, they can really help you, you know. If you can solve those questions or answer those questions to yourself and work on a way to not feel that way again, that's going to really help you, help you out in the long run as well. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. That's, a, that's actually really good advice. Also, I think, um, you know, if, if, if you're just getting started into things, I think it's also important to have at least, like, a, like a small uh, plan for yourself. So yes, you so you're not swinging for the fences <laughs> like I used to do. I used to just go out there, and just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go out there and try to like whatever sticks sticks. But you know, it's um, it's important at least to have like a goal in mind. Um, what, what I do is I write down five goals for the day. Um, and this helps for business. Um, you know, this helps for anything. Just having like uh, five goals, 
make sure you get them done. Um, and yeah, then just continue to, to progress like that. It's, it's going to be slow progress, but it's going to be easier than trying to do a large ass to do list. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. the goals, the goals really help. And if you're, you know, a lot of people like to plan, you know, far out in advance, like, you know, six months or however far they want to plan. Well, another thing I would add in addition to writing the goals, um, is, you know, right by the goal you're writing down, you know, you can put down, did I accomplish this? You know, a yes or a no. And if it's no, ask, ask yourself why you didn't accomplish that goal. Because that may help you towards your future, you know, aspirations. Because if you didn't accomplish the goal because you were too lazy or, well, you have to be honest with yourself too when you're doing this. But if you didn't accomplish the goal because you're either too lazy or you don't have enough time or other projects got in the way or whatever it may be, that's, that's going to really help you when it comes time to, you know, right now your goals the next time around because if you pro if you wrote a goal down and you say oh, i'm gonna accomplish this in 30 days and 30 days went by and you only accomplished 10 percent, that means you didn't really evaluate how large this goal really was or you were playing around with your time either way you need to solve it right absolutely yeah man i think i think those are i think those are all uh, great pieces of advice that the, you know someone is a beginner in anything you know creative anything freelance um even honestly in business that they can take and uh you know uh, be able to flourish from that right thank you for coming on really uh it was a it was a really good talk. yeah absolutely it was, a, it was a really good talk um is there anything you want to add in there while we're at it one thing i can add uh is to just try to stay positive you know even if you're in a situation where other people are being negative. You know, if you can try to stay positive, uh, it'll have a better effect on your day and eventually your life, you know, because it's a lot of negativity going on. We talked about this earlier, but, you know, not even business-wise, just in just everyday life, you know, just, you know, try to break life down into, you know, moments at a time if you can. And if you're having a bad day or a bad moment, just realize that it's just a, a section of the day and it'll pass. And you need to make that next session as, you know, as good as you can. This is going to make everything else better. 100%. You want to amplify the good and not the bad, right? So, um, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And anything in life. So, real good stuff, man. See, this is why I want to talk to you because, you know, you're really good at like understanding the mind and the breaking things down into small bits. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a joy talking to you, man. Um, where are, where are the, uh, I mean, not where. Actually, yeah, where? Damn, I'm slipping up my words. <laughs> where, where can the people That's find right. You can find me on Instagram at pictures underscore underscore by underscore underscore J J A Y. And you can also find me on Twitter at Rembrandt, like the artist J underscore. That's going to be R E M B R A N D T J underscore. All right. Great, man. Great to hear it. All right, man. Well, once again, good talking to you and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. All right. Thank you for having me. No problem, brother. Take care. You too. All right, guys, and that will wrap up yet again another episode of the Creative Assist Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter or on Instagram at Creative Assist, and that's at C R E A T B A S S I S T, or you can find us at creativeassist.com. And yeah, guys, if you find any value in this, you know, feel free to leave a review, give me some feedback. I want to hear you guys' opinions. Um, and yeah, once again, I appreciate all of you guys. Um, and I will talk to you next week for yet again another episode. Take care. Thank you.